Amajana Trimanandasya Jirajana Salakaya Chakshun Militanyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Vanchakalpatuvyascha Kripa Siddhavivacha Pakitanam Pabhanebhyo Vaishnavija Dhamo Namaha So, good evening, welcome. So we're going to continue this evening with our discussion of one particular verse uh, from the Nectar of Instruction, one of 11 verses from that book, which is the handbook's handbook, like the cheat sheet of the Nectar of Devotion. So Srila Rupa Goswami has given us the handbook of Krishna consciousness. That's what my spiritual master referred to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu as, as the handbook. So when we generally enter any new practice, we're given the handbook. Here you learn this, this will give you the basics. So the handbook for Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement is the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And what Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu does is it gives us a very systematic approach to advancing in devotional service step by step. And this is something that's truly unique of Lord Chaitanya's movement. If we were to look to what is the uniqueness of, of Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement is the fact that I mean, the Srimad Bhagavatam was already there. So we already had a, a text which was considered to be the mature commentary on the Vedanta Sutra, Srimad Bhagavatam. And so many Vaishnavas were there practicing, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, as, as, the, as the mature commentary. And there were different Sampradayas, and they had their own commentaries on the Vedanta Sutra, which delineated different major theistic understandings of what is supreme, what is the supreme, and uh, how to approach that level of consciousness, supreme consciousness, pure consciousness, and what's the ultimate objective. So we refer to these things as Sambandha. Sambandha gives us an understanding of the relationship between one one thing and another. So of course when we look to spiritual life, to the nature of consciousness in the material world, what is our consciousness here? What is the nature of consciousness? What differentiates consciousness from unconsciousness? And it's it's easy for us to see that delineation in that unconscious things have no animation. So uh, the elements of matter without conscious influence have no animation. So there's a distinction there and we can recognize consciousness by that animation. Where there's consciousness, there's growth. Where there's consciousness, there's uh, 
birth, a growth, uh, a maturing, uh, a mechanism for the production of offspring, a dwindling and an end. So when consciousness comes in contact with matter, it goes through these changes. So, Sambanda means no matter what the application, no matter what the uh, theistic orientation is, Sambanda means how does that specific theistic approach look at the interaction between matter, spirit, and the source or the supreme spirit. Now, of course, we have religious orientations where they are, they consider that it is only when that spirit comes in contact with matter that it's contaminated, but in the ultimate issue, there's just one big spiritual side of things, and there's one material side of things. Um, and there's no, not a distinction as to a fountainhead for all the source of spirituality. Uh, we refer that to that as uh, uh, the Mayavad philosophy. Uh, so, back to the main point. Sambanda, doesn't matter the religious orientation or the theistic approach of... Uh, of a practice, an understanding according to that theistic under, uh, approach is established, and that's called sambandha. And generally in all spiritual pursuits, there has to be an objective. So we have a basic foundation of what is, the, what is to be understand, understood as the theistic uh, discipline, an understanding of matter and spirit and spiritual source, or in our instance, we believe there's a personality there. Uh, some, not all religious traditions, believe there's a personality there. The majority do. But uh, there are the impersonalists that think, well, when I become perfect, I'll become the supreme. So that's, that's there. And that's also accepted in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavan, Iti, Sabjate. That when you look at the Absolute Truth, you can look from three different angles of vision. And one of them is Brahmati, that there is the Supreme Brahman, and that is the spiritual side of things. And that's as far as that conception goes. So if we look at a, at a spiritual tradition, we have foundational knowledge, sambandha, and we have an objective of that knowledge. What is the goal of that discipline? And that we refer to as the abhideya. Prayojan, I'm sorry. So, sambandha, prayojan is the goal, is the goal of a pr tradition. Um, and between the two, there is a process of attainment. 
So that is Abhideya. So Sambanda, Abhideya, and Prayojan. So in our tradition, coming from Lord Chaitanya, who we accept as an incarnation of the Supreme Lord, um, we have something very unique in that although there are many people that believe in a personal Godhead and they have different conceptions of what that is, what are, what are, what are his characteristics and how can we who are separated engage in a process and what is the ultimate attainment relationship so what is unique about the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya is the fact that he gave a very systematic approach to spiritual practice if you follow the simple approach Abhideya you will attain Prayojan and that that varies according to the to the company that you keep spiritually so not everyone's ultimate goal is the same the relationship they develop with the Supreme varies according to the company that they keep during their spiritual practice. That makes sense. If we even look at the world now and you look at the different religious traditions, the conception that they have of the Supreme differs from one group to another, from one cult to another. You have the Jewish cults, you have the Christian cults, you have the, the Islam, there you go, the big one. And, uh, and we also have this Vaishnav cult coming from India, which has so many different traditions in it. They have gods all over the place, and they all look all a different conceptions. So we have different conceptions of what God is, and we have different ways to approach him according to different teachers unique feature of Lord Chaitanya is he gave a very systematic approach to attain what 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 is according to the Vaishnav tradition the supreme personality of Godhead and he kind of he the presentation that was put forth by Lord Chaitanya through his followers Lord Chaitanya, we chanted the whole copus of his of his direct instructions this evening. Eight verses. That's all he gave. But he gave instructions to his disciples, very specific instructions on Sambanda, Abhideya, and Prayojan. And he said, You you note all this down. And you take you take uh, you know, a very uh, you present this philosophy so that everyone can attain spiritual life. No restrictions. So, 
No restrictions. What's that mean? That means that it doesn't matter what your current situation is in the material atmosphere. There is no restrictions on you perfecting your spiritual life through Lord Chaitanya Sankirtan movement. No restrictions. You don't need to be born in this family or that family. You don't need to be born in this society or that society in this in this kind of uh, race or that race. There is no restriction. So therefore, actually the author of the books that we are now getting into the gritty detail of, he wrote a verse in regards to Lord Chaitanya. Namo Mahabhananaya Krishna Prema Pradayate. There has been no manifestation of the Supreme who has been as merciful as Lord Chaitanya in opening the storehouse of spiritual prospect to anyone and everyone irrespective of their current position. I'm going to make it easy for everyone. Not only that, I'm going to prove by example through my lifetime and the associates that I keep that this principle is held very dear. So therefore we have Gornitai. The Supreme Lord came and he came with his brother. So Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, they came together and they, Lord Chaitanya inaugurated the Sankirtan movement and then he gave charge of distributing it everywhere to Lord Nityananda. This is very interesting for us because we're coming in the wake of a great Acharya, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, who is considered by his peers and other very, very advanced devotees of this day and of his day to have been empowered by Lord Nichananda to spread this Sambandha, Abhideya, and Priyojan into the Western world. This religious conception, this simple practice, and the goal that can be attained. So, sometimes you'll hear in relationship to Srila Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, this term, uh, Nichananda Avesh. So, Saktavish. Um, and in our, in, our, in our cultural background, when we say uh, Saktavish avatar, someone who is an empowered avatar, we immediately think of Lord Jesus Christ. Here's an individual who was empowered by God. He said, I am the Son of God. But at other times, and but from, from the viewpoint of his disciples, he was God. 
it's not different from the, our tradition in the fact that we look at the guru as the transparent vibe media and he's the external manifestation of the Supreme Lord. So we look at, at our gurus in our line in the same way as the Christians look at Lord Jesus Christ. So we have a little bit more detailed knowledge. We understand we're blessed with uh, some detailed sambanda, how things work, and we understand that parashya saktir vividaiva suyate. The Supreme Lord has unlimited energies, and these energies fall into different categories. And he has his material energy, he has his marginal energy, and he has his spiritual energies, and he has unlimited spiritual energies which manifest in different ways. So this manifestation of, of spiritual energy, the Lord makes him available to the living entities who are residing in... Well, I don't think they've really counted the universes yet. <laughs> but there's a lot of universes. There's a lot of living entities. More than we could ever count. And, uh, and the Lord manifests himself in fact, the Bhagavatam even goes so far to say the Supreme Lord manifests in every species of life in order to benefit every living entity. So it's, it's a very comprehensive approach he has. He has different energies and, and he manifests them in different ways. So when we look at somebody like Lord Jesus Christ, we refer to him as a Saktavish avatar. He's empowered by the Supreme. From our viewpoint, he is Supreme because he's so much more spiritually potent than everybody else around. So when, when you look at it from that viewpoint, you know, it's like looking at, at a rock band really on the stage wow the band's there well there's one person that's running the show believe me there's one head guy and, he, and, and he's calling the shots and he's the real superstar but together from our viewpoint in the audience wow I'm sitting here and I'm watching the stones this is great yeah but really there's one guy up there that's running the show he's the main man so he has different he has more of the of the power and the representation of the band in him than the other members. But from our vantage point, the members are looking equal. We're seeing we're far away and it's are all up there, you know. So So this very unique feature of giving detailed knowledge as to the inner relationship of what is matter, what is our position, what is the supreme, and what is a prospect of a discipline for attainment of that supreme according to this 
merciful dispensation of the Sankirtan movement. So we're in a specific cult here. This is the cult of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we openly admit this is our cult. <laughs> we are all following this cult. We love the Jesus cult, it's a great cult, but really Krishna has, well, when Jesus really gets down to it, he was in the Krishna cult too, and then he went back to do some preaching is what I've heard, but anyway, um, these are historic, historic, historians can argue these facts back and forth, but we know our approach is, is good for us. And we really have a depth of philosophical understanding of what God is, who God is, and, and what is the supreme way to exchange love with him uh, has been presented by the teachers coming in the wake of Lord Chaitanya in such a way, that, in such a compelling way and sweet way that they've actually defeated everybody else that's come before them when it comes to this specific school of Vaishnavism this this approach of, of attaining the supreme and it's it's so sweet that the sweetest portion of it when you get to the sweetness and the sweetest portion you're talking about having a relationship with the Supreme Lord in an atmosphere where you and He do no, no longer recognize any supremacy, any ashvarya, any opulence. It's simply a small, well, it's a huge, but to their perspective, it's a small village of people that love each other to death. <laughs> they just cannot get... But the thing is, they never die. That, that, and there's no conception of the fact that, well, this one person that everybody loves the most, this fellow right here, everything is emanating from him. Everything in the material worlds, everything in the spiritual worlds, they have no idea that he is the most beautiful. Well, they know he's really beautiful, and amongst them he's the most beautiful. But he's the most beautiful of everything, every living entity. The most powerful, the most knowledgeable, the most renounced they don't see that aspect of God. They only see sweetness personified. So sweet that they can't live a moment without enjoying that sweetness. So we'll argue our concept of the Supreme Lord and the highest concept of a loving relationship with Him until we're blue in the face because we don't think anybody can defeat this conception. You can have your conception, you can have your God. But I think if I was to really talk with you for a considerable <laughs> amount of time, I can, cons I can convince you that our 
way of thinking of God, relating to God, loving God and interacting with Him is the deepest, most profound experience available to a living entity. Because we're going to love God so much that we don't even know He's God anymore. That's how deep our love is going to go if we are invited in, if we can culture a relationship like that. We're going to forget He's God. We're going to forget that He's running the show. We're going to forget that He owns everything, that He controls everything. And we're going to love Him so much that he's going to forget that he's God. That's the goal of our spiritual practice. So, Lord Chaitanya gave directions to what are referred to as the six Goswamis. These were very high ups in his disciples, very intimate. Uh, associates and of all those disciples although Sri Sanatan Goswami was senior Rupa Goswami is his instructions are so instrumental in our spiritual practice that all of us coming in this line from Lord Chaitanya are referred to as Rupa Nugas we're following Rupa's instructions to make our spiritual lives effective. So, Rupa Goswami gave us the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, my spiritual master, A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami. He gave us a summary study of this book. It's called The Nectar of Devotion. Now, so there we have the, and, and it's referred to by Bhakti Vedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, as the Handbook of Krishna Consciousness. Rupa Goswami also gave us the Upadeshamrita, 11 verses. He's given us big Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which has all this knowledge about how to love Krishna and the rasas of Krishna and how to taste the sweetness of loving Krishna according to how you how you conceive of him in your loving relationship, either a friend or you're a parent, or you are intimate lovers in a, in a very conjugal attraction. No matter what way you want to love and how, those love, how that love develops in your heart according to the good company you keep in your spiritual practice, um, he's given this big book, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, with all those details. How his friends interrelate with him, how their days are spent, how his parents interrelate with him, how their days are spent, how his lovers, his girlfriends interrelate to him, and how those different parts of the days are spent, how the older people interrelate with him as parent from a parental thing. Then there's crossovers in those loving moods because sometimes a friend will will love you like with a mood of a parent taking care of you and sometimes a friend will make arrangements for your girlfriend and you to have a rendezvous all these things Rupa Goswami's outlined all of that 
technical. I mean, it's he's outlined it in a very technical way, but he's talking about um, love, the emotions of loving exchange. But we have to get to that stage of the acquisition of spiritual emotion. To get to that stage, we have to give up what we become acquainted with in relationship with this world, which is a material emotion. Emotion here is fulfilled by acquisition, by exploitation. We're in the we're in the world of one living entity is enjoying at the cost of another. I wish it was some other way, except for the relationship that we see sometimes. And there's that's not that they're all like that, but for the most part, that's the nature of material energy. Because material energy ends in everything; it's a continual cycle. And everything goes through these stages, and all these stages end in a in the with a complete devastation of the loving emotion that we've developed with someone. We're gonna be, be ripped away from each other at some stage. The child, the parent, the lover. Friend, no matter what our relationships in are in this world, because they are based on material, the external, they have they come to an end. We can't we can't find a time in history or a person in history where that hasn't happened. Now, when you come across that, then we can discuss something else. But I don't, I haven't seen it, and I'm reading books by. You know, and you're reading books, and we're looking at, at traditions, and in all these traditions, going back for tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of years, there's always this same cycle birth, death, growing old, becoming diseased, and dying. And it, it's in every species of life, it's in all, it's everywhere. How can we get away from it? Well, we have to get out of it. So, back to where were we? we were talking about Rupa Goswami. And he gave us a handbook. And then he gave us the nectar of instruction, Upadesha Amrita, only 11 verses. So he's taken the essence of the handbook, because sometimes you can't really carry around a handbook just too much it's hard to carry it around in your mind to learn the whole thing and I have god brothers of mine who learned the whole Bhagavad Gita how many verses is this 1600 is that right no huh 18 so that's a lot so anyway he's, he's given us the essence in Upadesha Amrita Nectar of Instruction, 11 verses. My great-grandfather, spiritually, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, 
He took out two of those 11 verses, the second and the third verses, and each of those verses, the second and third verse, deals with six items, six items that are favorable for the devotee in their practice, and six items that are unfavorable. The unfavorables he deals with first, and then he deals with the favorable second. And he wrote a book. He wrote a series of essays on these two verses. So it would be a series of 12 essays. So we're discussing his book. His book is called Bhaktiloka. And we're to the point where we are looking at the third item of the first of those two verses. So that verse is, Achyahara Priyasascha Prajalpa Niyamagraha. So we discussed Achyahara, Achyahara, Ahara. Ahara is referring to acquisition. We acquire things with what? In this world, we acquire things for our enjoyment. And how do we enjoy things? We enjoy through the vehicle of our senses. So we have these enjoying senses. So we have the ears, we have the eyes, we have the nose, we have the tongue, we have the sense of of touch. So we're trying to acquire enjoyment through these vehicles. So Achyahara is the first, is how the verse, these things are not favorable for devotional practice. Achyahara. Acquiring more than necessary to keep everything in balance. It's not acquiring anything. There's no question of survival without, try to not satisfy your tongue for a few days and that's it. You know, we all need to hear something nice. We all need to see something, smell something, taste, feel something nice. We need some sensual input because we have a material body. Spiritual life means we also need sensual input. But we want to take and and spirit we want to adjust our sensual input so that the sensual input is spiritually nourishing as well as materially sustaining. Does that make sense? We have to sustain ourselves. We have to see something. We have to smell, hear, taste, feel. We have to experience these things. So we want to, as much as possible, spiritualize those experiences and that way we'll still require the material nourishment. So they'll, they'll have a, the effect will be good for us, not bad for us. I like to taste things. Well, if I develop a taste for liquor, that's going to end up taking me down the wrong road. It's going to turn into something that will be bad. So the spiritualist, he's thinking, well, I want to drink something. Let me de- drink something that's go- not going to end up interfering with my spiritual prospect. It just makes sense. 
So, achahara, ahara, we have to acquire something. Let's acquire something. First of all, let's acquire something that is is not detrimental for our existence. And let's try to keep body and soul together without becoming overly involved with the body which ultimately leads to attachments that make separating ourselves from the body unbearable because we are going to be separated so we have to we have to lead a balanced life and that's what achahara means taking sense gratification that's that's not taking too much you have to be balanced in in everything so and under good spiritual discipline in good association we can actually make our eating our seeing our hearing our smelling we can make all of those actions spiritual activities it takes some time but in due course of time we can in good association wean ourselves after out of the exploitive mentality of satisfying the senses into the loving mentality the serving mentality so i like to hear good music yeah okay you like to hear good music gradually i can wean myself off the stones and start listening to bhajan it's not going to happen overnight but it can happen over time over decades maybe but it can happen so that when i hear my hearing then becomes service not exploitation i'm not taking in the sound vibrations so that i can i can exploit it and think that i that this is for me that rather i can listen to the kirtan and think this kirtan is for the pleasure of the supreme lord this kirtan is for the pleasure of the devotees that i'm associating with this kirtan is purifying for humanity at large if i take it to the street even if i'm insulted doing that and look like a fool it's really good for them and it's not going to hurt me at all it really isn't so that same activity of hearing now becomes service service means what service means love in the beginning service seems like a duty but as duty continues duty turns into love it takes some time and love takes work any relationship takes takes some work until it becomes spontaneous and then there's no question a some a couple that's in love it doesn't it doesn't matter they they'll do whatever's needed for their beloved it, it's it's natural achahara achahara priyasascha prajalpani yamagraha achahara priyasas priyas so we discussed in the last meeting this priyas 
over-endeavoring. We have to have some endeavor. Now, what Bhaktivinoda Thakur has attributed this priyas to is specifically those endeavors which are going to ultimately frustrate us. He's just said, it's not worth it. These are over-endeavors. He specifically points out what? Karmakanda and Jnanakanda. Two kinds of actions which they'll just never be fulfilling to you. One is good karma. You can apply yourself at all the karma that you want, but even if you attain the heavenly planets through your good actions, even if you go to heaven, and in heaven we're told that you live for thousands of lifetimes in one body, in heaven you have all the mystic cities, you can acquire anything you want, you can control anybody you want, you can... You can become smaller and the smallest, greater and the greatest. You can make whatever you want and go wherever you want and have whoever you want. That's really nice. But guess what? It's taken away. It lasts a long time, but because it's heaven. They say people in heaven, what do they last? They live hundreds of thousands of years compared to our lifetimes. But guess what? their lifetime ends and you could also fall quickly from those high positions you, if you offend somebody else who has as much power as you have or maybe a little bit more so all these stories are there in the Bhagavatam we could, we could pull from the Bhagavatam stories where people have been in the heavenly atmosphere and fallen down very quickly from the smallest of, of mistakes. And the Karmakanda section of the Vedas, acquiring those things, is has to be done very meticulously. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Bhaktiloka, he says this Achyahara of Karmakanda is, is just, it's, it's a fool's errand is basically what he's saying to us. We're making this endeavor um, and if you get it just a little bit wrong it can all come come out wrong. We have what is the example? Ritrasura. I want an in enemy of Indra. Yeah said the mantras perfectly except for the intonation on one little syllable and all of a sudden the person that you were trying to conjure up to kill your enemy actually became the enemy of who you conjured up and he was defeated. One little error in karma conda. Bhaktivinoda saying, this is what we mean by prayasya. Over-endeavor. All this endeavor to get everything perfect so that you can go to heaven. So you, you can be with your, with your extended family in heaven. So you can 
defeat your enemy in, on earth so that, so that, so that you can get that beautiful wife, that beautiful husband, that beautiful partner. You can get that beautiful job. You can be that Billy Gates. You can be, you know, Celeste Dion and sing like an angel. You can do all these things. It's really hard work. You can do it by sacrifices that you read in the in the scriptures and and perform those to get the results, or you can work, you can go to the university, you can get the education, you can tutor under the greatest scientists in the world, and you become the mini Einstein of tomorrow. But maybe there's one aspect of your karma you had no control of, and you can't even speak, except through a machine. So. This is the material world. You can get these things, the great big brain, but what if your body falls apart on you? Well, it could always be like Cher. I won't go there. <laughs> so, Priyasas, or Jnana Priyas, all this knowledge that ultimately ends in liberation from material miseries. It's a lot of hard work. So, Bhaktivinoda is saying, both this gyan and this karmakanda, both these paths, it's over-endeavor. Why don't you just take the easy path? The easy path is bhakti. And in fact, I can prove to you scripturally that the path of gyan of knowledge which ends in liberation and the path of karma for either of those paths to be successful they need a pinch of bhakti without that even those paths that's how powerful bhakti is just a little bit of it goes a long way it's like cooking a meal serve the meal without using salt as you prepared it that little salt makes all the difference in the world. It's palatable. Leave it out, the result's not there. You can't eat it. We're taught that these paths of knowledge and the path of karma, karma kanda, these require this pinch of bhakti to be successful. So now to tonight's. I have one minute left. Okay, prajalpa. <laughs> If we're going to use our tongue, we should use our tongue wisely. We should not we should not be pulled into those discussions. This is the third item, achahara priyasas chaprajalpa. We all have our jalpa. We all have prajalpa. There's no question. We communicate with each other. We. It's 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 all about questions and answers. So here we're talking about that prajalpa, which is idle talk, which has no, nothing of enduring benefit in it. So we, we have to have social intercourse. We have to have uh, discussions. If we're going to have discussions, let us talk about those subject matters which are going to be spiritually nourishing and avoid those subject matters which really are here today and gone tomorrow. Do we really care about what Tiger Woods shot on the back nine? Will we know what it was three years from now 
and will it benefit our life in any significant way? We have unlimited subject matters in this world that can take our imagination and we can discuss them till the cows come home. But what Rupa Goswami is putting here in this verse of things to be avoided and what Bhaktivinoda and the way he's presenting it is let us not speak about those things which are not going to nourish and soften our heart in a way that we make spiritual advancement. I'll stop there because I've gone over. Are there any questions? Yes. I have an example of um, over-endeavoring. I thought of Bhakti Siddhanta. Like he thought, like he didn't want to repair his roof, you know. So when it rained, he would just use an umbrella inside because to repair his roof even was for him an over endeavor. Yes, there are saints like that amongst us. <laughs> I am not one of them, but <laughs> I know there are many that live under tre- trees a different tree every night and eats. I mean, there are very amazing saints in our tradition and acharyas that have taught in the most profound ways, especially those in the renounced order. What to speak of his spiritual master who lived in a latrine because he just didn't want to deal with people. They figured if he lived near the latrine, they wouldn't come and bother him for spiritual advice because generally he'd give the advice and they weren't interested to follow it, so... It's an interesting story in that regard. One rich man said, if I could get Gorakashore Das Babaji as my spiritual master, then everybody would respect me. So he went to Gorakashore. He's a rich man. He said, so this saint, I can easily give him something. He can make me his disciple. And, and I'm so rich, there's nothing he could ask for me that I couldn't give him. So he goes to Bhakti, uh, to Gorakashore Das Babaji. And he says, oh, you, he says, I'd very much like to be your disciple. How can I serve you? What would you like from me? He said, oh, this is so nice. Yes. So you can live here with me. (laughs) That would be the service I'd like from you. Uh, He went away. He did not stay. You got a question? Yeah, you were talking about over-endeavor and how it's a source of such, like, I don't know, bad vibes or... That's probably not the right word, but I was thinking, you know, is it so where even if you're trying so hard, endeavoring in your service, but perhaps it was done like in a mixed mode, not like uh, pure, but there's some like karma in it? Well, yes, our devotional service until we're fully, our hearts are fully purified by the process. Generally, people don't come and immediately become come to the highest platform so we'll see that in fact the terminology is there uh, jhana jhana mishra bhakti karma mishra bhakti mishra means a mixture so when we come because of our background in the material world we sometimes come with maybe we even we want uh, we want to we want to end our miseries we want liberation I want to go to the spiritual world. But, so that would be what we call jhana mishra bhakti. We have that desire based on knowledge that the material world, that the spiritual world's nice and the material world's bad. We have that in us. 
you know, it's a, it's 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 an anartha. It's a misconception because truly, when when we attain a, a deep understanding of what is our spiritual nature, we realize we're not this body. We realize it. We don't realize it up here. We realize it. So the saints, they don't, you know, if they don't eat, they don't sleep. It doesn't even affect them. So that's why we have Lord Chaitanya in the third verse, you know, fourth verse of, of Shikshastikam. You know, Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundanam. I don't want anything material. And I, Janmani, Janmani Swaray. If I'm born again and again, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, there's some contamination there. And that, that contamination that we're purifying, being purified by the process, uh, can affect our bhakti. So we can be a we can be contaminated with yawn, we can be contaminated with uh, with karm, karma. I want the big position, I want to be I want to be respected, you know. So the question is, your question, if I understand you correctly, is can we over endeavor due to that influence? Or can we even in our seva over make it an over um more than you can, more than you should do. Com- can you do comfortably? We're, you don't want to do that. That's not gonna. Because what, what's? The, I think what you really need to look at when you when you feel that, okay, is intent. What am I going for here? Am I going for doing my service in such a way that it's pleasing to Krishna, or do I want to? cook the greatest feast so that there's a little fame in there for me. Hey, I cooked the biggest feast, or I did the best dressing of the deities that anybody's seen, or I picked the best, I made the best flower garland for the guru, or... So we can have some of that mixed in us, and if we look, we have to be honest. That's the biggest thing in our spiritual advancement. If we can learn to be honest with ourselves, we can get a long way. So if we can learn when these things like you work and you work and it doesn't come out just right. You sit back and you think, why? What, what was it? It could have just been, I really had the proper desire or maybe I didn't. But at least become contemplative. Become, you know, lay it out at least for yourself honestly and deal with it honestly and then you advance from it. But yes, we can over-endeavor. We can under-endeavor too. Any other questions? Thank you so much for your association. Hare Krishna.